This episode of Beer and Bullshit is brought to you by Woodhouse Brewing Company in Toronto. Woodhouse brews the refreshing beers using only choice ingredients and no preservatives. Check out their brew pub in Toronto today and enjoy their newly opened patio. Welcome to another episode of Beer and Bullshit. Uh, in case you didn't notice, that is a new intro. Chris, what did you think of that? I like it. I like it. It's given us a little bit of heat to start the program off. I'll tell you, apparently our previous intro gave people too much heat. We've had more than one complaint <laughs> that apparently my levels aren't great. I don't know if it's just the system people are listening to, but lots of people have said that it's like when I go to the ads, the uh, volume is unbearable. Someone actually took the time to find my website, fill in the like contact Ben form and was like, I've listened to three of your shows and I won't be listening to a fourth if the volume is fixed. <laughs> so apologies to that person. I'm not retroactively fixing the three episodes they still have to listen to, but we do have new intro music. That is courtesy of the band Drug Rug, London's own. Uh, one of their members is the co-owner and brewer at Beer Lab. Uh, spoiler alert about an upcoming episode, who might be on it. But uh, he said something similar about our music, but offered um, a choice of any music from any of his four bands that he's in. So thanks, Nick. We've added your tunes to Beer and Bullshit forever and ever or until somebody emails me to complain. Well, that was a, that's a nicer approach than saying, I will never listen again because the music was a touch too loud. <laughs> you gave me a chance, at least, to redeem myself. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, we'll, uh, we'll see if there's any listener feedback. And, and I think uh, maybe we'll end this show by playing that song in its entirety. It's a good tune. Chris, you are looking very cottagey. You, for, the, for the listeners at home, Chris is wearing a tank top. I can see him sitting on his cottage deck, showing a, a lot of skin, a lot of tan skin, and it's an Atari tank top. Lovely. That's right. I got this when I was playing Atari when I was about four years old, and I just grew into it this summer. Somebody was thinking way ahead when they bought you that. What are you drinking? I am drinking a Canuck Pale Ale, courtesy of our wonderful friends at Great Lakes Brewery. As am I. Uh, a go-to beer. If it wasn't provided to us to drink on the show, there's a good chance we'd be drinking it tonight anyway. Uh, I like that burst. That was my first time having it. Um, and my wife loved the can art as well. So that's the win-win. Win-win. Can art win and a, uh, a good beer win. How's your week? You're you're headed to the country there. Um, It's... It's been a grind from work, and I'm tempted to do something that's not work at all hours of every day. But it's been nice. The weather's been beautiful. A little beach time. Nice. Gotta love the, the shores of Lake Huron. Uh, been in a bit of a debate recently about what is the greatest lake, and I will always contend that the greatest lake is Lake Huron. Although someone did have a pretty good argument uh, in the sense that one of the lakes is literally superior. It's like I had to give him some props for that wordplay. That's his positioning on a map. There is nothing superior about It's Lake the Superior. deepest. It's really deep. It is the largest by volume of water. I will give it that. Mm -hmm. It's also the coldest by a long margin. I think we can all agree that Erie is just shit. Lake Erie is garbage. 
It's trash. It's yep. the land. It's the landfill of the Great Lakes. It's honestly the one lake when you go to. There's a fifty-fifty chance you'll be able to swim or not. At least if you go to Port Stanley, because there's often bacteria in the water. I don't know if you knew this about the Great Lakes this summer, but because of COVID, there's been such attention from all the health units on uh, fighting COVID. There hasn't been any time to test the waters for E. coli, so um, the lakes may have gotten a touch dirtier. Now, what they- is this COVID you mentioned? Ah, uh, good times. Pandemic humor. It should be done by now, but uh, it's, the, the, the pandemic isn't, so here we are with crappy dad jokes for pandemic. <laughs> what are you going to do? Um, not a crazy big beer week in terms of news. Um, I don't know if you're aware cause you've been at the cottage and you're not really on the, on the Twitter as much as I am. Although I would say a lot, not a lot of people are. Um, but there was a guy in Toronto. Did you hear about this guy? He walked out of a Toronto liquor store with 24 free bottles of wine due to a glitch on their system. Yeah, I saw this. I, I don't know what that glitch is, but I would love to know and understand it better. So, Apparently, he is a member of a Facebook group um, that often shares sales and new arrivals. Apparently, that's a thing. And he noticed, someone noticed that a box of wine, uh, a box of six bottles of red wine was listed at $0. So he tried it out and he put, you know, four, four of the SKUs into his uh, shopping cart, bought one other item, and then uh, the LCBO eventually alerted him that his order was ready. Lo and behold, when he got there, it was 24 bottles of wine and whatever the other thing he bought was, and the charge was only for the other thing. So he walked out with 24 bottles of wine. And then apparently he realized that it was not the right bottle of wine. So he went back in and complained, (laughs) (laughs) tempting fate. Uh, But he's like, this isn't the wine I ordered. And they switched his bottles. They gave him a fresh 24 of wine and sent him on his way. So I, I think like up till now, I'm on board with this story. Uh, But then he went on Twitter and he did like a 15 tweet story about it. And it was like, let me tell you about my harrowing adventure with the LCBO. (laughs) Like it was ridiculous. And then he got an interview with uh, CTV and CP24, like holding his bottles of wine and like telling his story. It was just so obnoxious because if you're going to at least get away with a little scam, you know, power to you, I guess. But uh, I don't think you need to go on twitter and then go on multiple news outlets to brag about ripping off the lcbo yeah if you're gonna be sneaky try to be sneaky a little bit <laughs> yeah uh, what, whatever happened to the humble brag you're gonna go on anyone that will possibly give you any sort of time on it but 15 minutes of fame everybody's gonna get theirs and this guy's is when he's uh, got his wine i guess i'd rather have free wine than 15 minutes i don't know I think, here's what I think. The LCBO is publicly owned. That is wine that if someone had bought it, the dollars, or at least some of them, would have ended up in public coffers. So he's really ripping us off. Like he's ripped off Ontario, not the LCBO. I think we all, we all get a piece of that wine. That's and you know, the government would have spent that, you know, 4 or $5 pretty well, knowing the government. I'm sure they would have. <laughs> Hey, man, that's roads and schools. Where do you think all this uh, intense preparing for kids going back to school? You think that paid for itself? You think they just made that plan up out of the blue and sent kids back to school? No, that cost money. You're right. That is a $5 plan. (laughs) You're right. It would have been a $10 plan if it wasn't for this asshole. (laughs) 
What about you, Benny? You've ever had a mix-up like that in a store where you've gotten something for free or some sort of deep discount because, oh, you know what? The label does say that. Yes, there's been two instances that stand out. Actually, there was a streak when uh, we were moving constantly in Toronto. It felt like for a while we moved every year, but we ripped off Ikea by accident like every time we went. The first time was significant. We bought like a kitchen table. And I was like, fuck, this thing is heavy. And we got home and it was two kitchen tables stuck together. <laughs> and I was like, oh God, we paid for one and got two. So I just like put some stain on it and it became my backyard table. And then another time we were getting Sam's, my son's room ready uh, when he was a baby. And we bought tons of shit and got home and realized that we hadn't somehow missed ringing in the dresser. So like the most, the big, the biggest ticket item on the list. It feels you, good. It feels kind of good. I'm not going to lie. I, I don't condone stealing, but when you do it by accident and you realize you're like, fuck yeah. There's you, something. Didn't, you didn't go back and tell them and then show that high moral fiber? No, I didn't drive to Burlington. I think Ikea can float me a table. They're okay. I, you know what I didn't do is I didn't go on Twitter and post 15 tweets for my harrowing tale. <laughs> I had one time I was going through a drive through ATM and the person in front of me took off. I was doing something in my car and then I look up and they've left all their money there. It's about $300 in cash. And I looked and it was awkward to get out. Ah, they're gone. Let them go. <laughs> and I was living it with my folks at the time and went home and told my mom that story. And she said, actually the same thing happened to me earlier today. It was $40. And I chased the person down in my car for about 20 minutes and gave them their money back. I'm like, well, don't I feel like a piece of shit? So you pocketed 300 bucks? Yeah, it was an accident, Ben, and uh, it, none of it was going to the government, so it's okay. I feel like you didn't try that hard. Oh, you're, oh he's gone. Oh, and then he's just like waiting to turn. <laughs> yeah, he's turning. There was a more recent example. Actually, we were at the cottage, and I like to buy trashy clothing from either the local Giant Tiger or the Walmart when I'm in Port Elgin or Southampton, Ontario as was the case on a recent trip. And uh, my son and I were like, it was like, you know, when you just need to get the fuck out of a store because you, you're, you're done and your kid is done and you're just like, just shut the fuck up. So we were doing that at the self-checkout and I was just like, beep, beep, dude, just calm down. Boop, boop. And I got in the car and I, I bought like, bought like seven trashy Hawaiian shirts from a Walmart. And I, I had only actually rung in one, one of them. And I felt okay about that. I feel like I feel like maybe I'm going to get arrested for this podcast, but I feel like it's Walmart's got that built into their their business plan. I'm sure. If that makes you feel better about it, <laughs> you ripped them off for seven one dollar shirts, and Basically. you're laughing about it. Yeah, I still have some. This might be one of them, actually. Folks, are you like me? Do you like supporting independent breweries? Yeah, you do. What better independent brewery to support right now than the Indie Ale House? Indie is right in the name, so you know they're independent. They're located in Toronto. Uh, their brew pub is in the Junction, and they have a brewery in Italy, in the Manulife Center as well. Of course, these are weird times for going out. Maybe you're not ready. Maybe you don't even live in Toronto. That's okay. You can still try the delicious beers that they're making at the Indie Ale House because they made it easy. Beer to your door, ordered from the comfort and safety of your own home that's my favorite way to order things you got free delivery anywhere in toronto if you order 12 beers or more and a flat rate anywhere else 
in Ontario. Why not order a Stay Home Pale Ale? $1 from every can of Stay Home purchased will be donated to the fund that supports their employees that have been temporarily laid off due to COVID-19. Check them out at IndieAleHouse.com. Um, also in the news, um, Collective Arts is once again looking for art for their cans. Uh, you're obviously, I mean, you're not a Hamilton guy, but you lived in Hamilton for a long time. So you drank a lot of Collective Arts. Still do, I assume. I did and I do. Yeah. Well, the, you're, so they have art on their can. Obviously, every quarter they release a call for art, inviting artists from around the world to submit work based around a specific theme and each quarter, a rotating board of curators chooses 40 to 60 artists. The brewery ultimately features on their cans. Fun fact, I was a curator once. Ooh. Yeah. You basically are sent a link, and you look at a bunch of art, like lots and lots of it, and you just click like, yes, no, yes, no. That's fine. So I see they're paying artists uh, 250 bucks for each submission that they could run with. Is Have they always done that with their, with their artwork? Yeah, but it's always been, for some reason... Well, not for some reason. It's a bit contentious because if you look at Collective Arts brand, their site, their cans, they've really, they use this art a lot, right? Like if you think Collective Arts, you think of the cool art that's on their cans, labels, website. So some people are of the mind, they're like, hey, 250 bucks, righteous bucks. Some people think maybe it's not quite enough for the usage that the brewery's getting out of the art. Yeah, I mean it's disposable art, though, right? I mean, I, people look at it, they think it's beautiful, and and it's uh, and they'll move on. So, I mean, I don't think that would take away from somebody seeing that piece later at a gallery or anywhere else. Yeah, this year though, this quarter, um, the call is for protest art, artwork that deals with topics of equity and inequity, art from um, BIPOC artists, art from the LGBTQ plus artists and artwork that conveys a sense of hope for a safer and more inclusive future. So the idea is that this year there are this quarter specifically geared toward art dealing with social issues, which is pretty cool. I mean, I'll, uh, I'll look to buy some more collective arts and, and see what that looks like. So when, when are these launching, Ben? When will we see the new art? I don't know. But if anyone listening who wants to submit art, I do know the deadline is August 31st. I actually read about this in Forbes, which is kind of cool to see Ontario beer scene covered in Forbes. And it seems like they've made an effort to pull from uh, a diverse crew of curators this time around too. Well, I think that's important rather than the same curators every time. Otherwise you just lean to the same style of art every time. I mean, I did a great job. They haven't called me back. Well, that's good. I mean, you sometimes you need a fresh, fresh set of eyes. Somebody with you know an art background beyond yours. Um, I took grade twelve and OAC art. Thank you. And you did a great job in those classes. I'm proud of you. I don't know if that's true. It was a great class to have after lunchtime. If you had gone down to the river with your friend Chris during lunchtime. <laughs> you had another friend named Chris, or. Uh... <laughs> Just saying. It was lovely. I like I miss art like I remember okay, this is so off topic, but I was thinking recently about how backwards it is that you go to school at the age you go to school. Like how much would you love it if your day right now was just go somewhere and learn and read? Like I would that would be amazing. And I every for every year that I actually had to do that, I did not appreciate it. Like imagine if you could go to university at 
39, I would kill for that. Yeah, you would look, go to university and think, this is amazing, instead of, oh, school's so tough, I'm so stressed out. I'm like, yeah, wait, just give it a few years, you dumbass. Imagine you're just like, here's a bunch of great books, and then tomorrow I'm going to explain them to you, and we're going to have a conversation about them. You're like, fuck, this is the worst. Like, wait till you get to the real world. So are you suggesting then, if you do the school part later in life, that you know, there should be child labor and everyone should go to work when they're four through 18 and then take a break? Or I think that could work. Because a big part of my plan also involves having children at 16 when you have the energy to do it. So everything's happening in reverse. You should put in a good 20 years of hard work from ages four to 24, pop out a couple kids, and then when they're at work, you go to university. I like that. that. It's not that crazy. You know, and then you go back to work hard when you're age 65 through 85. (laughs) Why? Because you're not going to be enjoying your life as much then anyway. You should be retired when you're like 30 through 50. Right. And and then grind right to the grave. Yeah. Just, yeah, it's good. I like that. Just wear yourself down to a nub and make sure there's money for your kids for when they're uh, doing their university phases at 30. That's right. I think we've we figured something out here. This isn't right? bad. Honestly, who do we talk to about this? Great Lakes Brewery? <laughs> I'll call Troy Troy Birch in the morning. Uh, so deadline, August 31st. Another important non-beer related deadline of August 31st is a submission of your audition tapes for Canada Family Feud. Is that a thing? Who's it, the host it, of Canada Family Feud? It's Jerry D. Oh, okay. Who else would it be? I guess it's him or Sean Cullen or whatever that guy's name was. <laughs> ben Mulrooney, maybe. Oh no, he's he's canceled. You didn't get the memo. The Mulrooneys are fucking canceled. Are you are you canceled if you're a spouse of a canceled person? Oh yeah, there's canceled by osmosis for sure. Okay then. Are Definitely you not Ben I, I could totally see your family applying. Are you doing it? We're trying to put together our video. The. the um, <laughs> The tough part is, so it's it's Lena and I, and then it's you know Rob and Lindsay, and then it's my folks, and mm-hmm. you're only allowed five people. So when we when they first had Family Feud Canada, it was okay. Who's going to be on the team? And I think I said something. Well, obviously, you know Lena and I and Rob and Mo, and then who would be the fifth? And Lindsay was the one that brought it up. She's like, "Fuck you." <laughs> I think it's last in, first out. That's only fair. Yeah, I don't know. Um, or do you go with who's going to do better in the competition? I would maybe trade one of the people for Jacob, but I won't say who. <laughs> Jacob's my 11-year-old son for our listeners who aren't initiated. Yeah, that, that, that would be actually pretty fun. You should do it. Are you legit doing this? Yeah, we've got our ideas for our video. We've just been talking about it for two weeks without actually recording the three-minute video, but we'll do it. We're going to do it. <laughs> That's why I said. Well, how are we going to we, – we are so used to playing board games and quick word association games, but only with alcohol in our system. Like, are we allowed to be a bit drunk on Family Feud? I don't know. I feel like it would be encouraged. It's a family show. Drinking and family go hand in hand. Of course. I mean, I said that as a, a point okay, in favor okay. of it. Are you a bar owner or restaurant owner wishing it was easier to order beer? Well, guess what? Now you can with Order Simply. 
Order Simply is a web-based platform which makes it easier for bars, restaurants, and other licensees to purchase the great Ontario craft beers that I sometimes talk about on this very show. From finding new products, making the checkout and payment seamless, and tracking and invoicing orders, Order Simply makes the process simple. That makes sense. It's called Order Simply. I get it now. The name, I, I just got it. I just got it. On top of making ordering more simple for buyers and sellers, Order Simply has partnerships with local charities providing a portion of all their profits to fight food insecurity in their customers' communities, which you gotta love, unless you're a piece of garbage. Order Simply is launching their platform this summer. Check them out at ordersimply.ca. Find them on Facebook, Instagram, and LinkedIn. And we could talk about um, our recommendations. I like it. What do you uh, What are you into these days, Benny? So, uh, as you know, I'm an English major, and I'm a bit snooty, and I like to think of myself as an intellectual reader. But the truth of the matter is, I buy a lot of books. I buy a lot of classics and I buy a lot of like intellectual books and it is like a slog these days. Like I can't get through them. And so every once in a while I fall on a piece of like good fiction. That's not necessarily super intellectually stimulating and I just like devour it. So I found a book in my house. I have no idea where this book came from because it's pretty new. It's 2017, but it's called the force and it's by an author named Don Winslow. And I knew nothing about this book except for the cover and the quotes on it. But the quotes involve one from Stephen King, who calls it the Godfather only with cops. It's that good. So I'm like, all right, Stephen King's recommending something that's going to be readable. And then uh, someone else, uh, Lee Child, who's like, he writes a lot of like fiction, um, cop and detective fiction. He said, the force is probably the best cop novel ever written. So I'm like, all right, I needed fiction. And I'm just like crushing this book. It's pretty formulaic and it's like gritty New York cop, a little bit of, you know, there's trouble with racism. There's Irish drinking cops. There's the internet, you know, IAB and stuff, but it's, it's pretty solid. So if you're looking for like a big, not too challenging read, uh, this one is doing it for me right now. I might have to check that out. Uh, we've got a family challenge going right now for the summer. Everyone has to read 10 books. Uh, and it's been a slog for those of us that are working over the summer, which is just me, but wow, um, take that wife. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? Sometimes I lose Lena for a whole day. Just reading. I'm like, she's uh, reading all day. She just reads all day long. She gets wow. into a book. She's, or she'll stay up till four o'clock in the morning reading when she's into it. What are your kids doing? Just eating sugar and staring at screens? It's, I'm calling I'm calling the authorities. They're playing Minecraft or reading? Reading's good. Yeah. Um, so I've been reading some longer books, and uh, I've decided to shift into a couple of shorter ones. Uh, and I got a couple of recommendations. The first is The Marrow Thieves, a uh, book by Cherie Dimeline. I believe I'm saying that incorrectly. Um, it's uh, set in a post-apocalyptic Ontario and okay. it's following a band of uh, indigenous people that are on the run from, uh, from white people that are uh, trying to harvest their marrow because 
people have stopped being able to dream and it's causing them to go insane. Uh, except for indigenous people, they still know how to dream and they believe the secret is in their marrow. Um, and it's a, it was a compelling book from not so much the story and the post-apocalyptic but uh, side of it, but um, just, you know, everybody's story that's within this nomadic group that's traveling together and, and how they came to be in that position. And it's, I thought it was a, a good book for the, the times we're in right now where, you know, everybody could use a little perspective from something outside of their own upbringing or, uh, or, or circle, whatever that circle might look like, whether ethnic or uh, ideological, whatever. So that was a good one. You re- you reminded me of, um, have you, did I ever talk to you about the book Station Eleven? It's Emily St. John Mandel. I just looked that up because I couldn't remember. But it's a post, post-apocalyptic book that takes place around actually the shores of the Great Lakes. So it cuts back and forth to like, it's actually would be insane to read now because I read it right before the pandemic, but it's like a virus hits and everyone dies. And it's like, where were you when it happened? Airplanes start getting shut down. Like a couple of the main characters hole up in their Toronto condos, like super high up and they're just trying to wait it out. But it does seem like eventually there's like maybe, I don't know, one or 2% of the population is immune. So then it cuts back to like 20 years later and there's this tribe of people that are traveling as musicians and actors and they just go from town to town. So like all the little towns along like, like Huron, like, you know, when you stop in like Clinton and stuff and they just see like crossroads, those have become villages, but these people will travel and do like Shakespeare and music for the people along the way. It was a really good mm-hmm. book, but also like terrifying. Like I read it as like a germaphobe before the pandemic and I was like, this shit could happen. And then this happened and I was like, fuck <laughs> like it was almost like exactly like the book but yeah you reminded me when you said post-apocalyptic and based in ontario because this one was too it's nice to re- it's always nice to read about toronto and and ontario in a book especially a book of fiction sorry you weren't done i interrupted you uh no not at all um we were talking about the great lakes earlier so we've really brought things <laughs> i know this is circle. a great lakes themed show great lakes brewery you're on the great lakes and now our books are touching on the great lakes uh, the other what recommendation, so when I finished um, The Marrow Thieves, is just looking for something easy, not too long. Jump back into Richard Bachman, a.k.a. Stephen King's... Oh, yeah, classic. The, the Running Man, which is just... It's an awesome read now. I haven't read it in probably 20 years. And it's just... I mean, so different, obviously, from the movie with Schwarzenegger, but it's just a... It's just kind of a gritty, cool story, like the the hero is kind of like an anti-hero and he's just kind of a nasty asshole who's really clever. And it's, you know, some of the dialogue's pretty good. Uh, those books I, were awesome. I remember well, you and I, like we talked about those, like I still think about the long walk all the time. Like that's that concept of me, like everyone's poor and all you have, you just have to walk and one guy or girl gets the prize, but you have to like shit, piss, sleep and eat walking. And you get three warnings. The third warning, you're dead. Like I think about that, that story all the time. I don't know why it's always stuck with me. And that one dude who took two warnings to run out and have sex with the girl. That was pretty good. I think he just kissed her. I don't think he actually had sex. He did. He definitely did. Um, two warnings. It's like 10 seconds. <laughs> I don't think he, I'm going to check that out, but I don't think it was sex. I think he was kissing a, like a beautiful woman. I was actually talking to someone last night about that story and that it was optioned as a movie, but then they decided, well, how do we make it? It's just, it's just the different characters in her monologue. Is it just like a different 
character self-reflecting and, and narrating each, uh, you know, each part of the movie. I said, I'll make it a TV show. You, know, you do the backstory for each. Yeah, each that would be solid, actually. Or it'd be the really, really boring Hunger Games. Like, all right, start walking <laughs> for three hours. <laughs> That's right. What's the action scene? This, this is it. Kids, pay attention. This part's cool. Isn't one of the stories in that that became uh, Stand By Me? Isn't that the the body? Isn't that in that series, the Bachman books? I think it's the body, which is a. I'm I don't pretty... know. I don't know that that was the ba- a Bachman book. I think that was if it. If only we had all of the world's information I'm like, oh, I, wait, thought, I, do. I thought that was in pet cemetery or maybe nightmares and dreamscapes hmm. my hands are off the keyboard that's my that's my thought no no uh oh yeah road work was the fourth one i couldn't remember apt so, pupil was the first no that was a stephen king rage uh-huh. rage was the one it's like a, oh. a guy takes his classroom hostage the long walk road work is where a guy m- murders the gangster that killed his wife by burying him alive in his Cadillac. Oh yeah. And then the running man. All right, Christy. Well, we can keep it short this week. You can get back to the cottage and I can uh, go drink another Canuck. That sounds like, sounds like a great plan. And we're going to end it there tonight. And uh, we're going to play folks out with a song called DNM by the band drug rug, London's own drug rug. Uh, See you next time. Bye, Chris. See you, Benny.
Thanks for listening. Be sure and wash your hands.